Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Boston Bruins edition. And this time we are joined by Skylar W. from Stanley Cup of Chowder, which is, despite being a Bruins blog, an elite blog name, in my opinion. Indeed. <laughs> One of the best, especially when we can use the fact that we're just a bowl of seafood soup. Right. To our advantage in the mentions. I mean, as SB Nation hockey blogs go, it's definitely one of the better ones. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good one. So, Skylar, thank you for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. Anytime. I love talking about hockey with a uh, fellow SB Nation groups. Yeah, it's fun, right? Oh yeah. All right. So let's just get right into it. Boston has been playing very well. Um, Twenty-four points right now, top of the Atlantic, third in the East, right behind Washington and ridiculously the New York Islanders, which I still don't understand how they're an actually good hockey team, but who knows? Hockey's magic. Single Islanders game this year, so I can only assume that they're actually good. I refuse to believe it, actually. I think that Barry Trotz might be some kind of wizard, but I'm not entirely sure. I don't have a lot of proof of it yet, but I'm I'm thinking that's the only thing that makes sense to me, is that he's a wizard, a wizard because they definitely like, shouldn't be that good. Kind of looks like a goofy background character in a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> It does. <laughs> That's he has a long conical hat on him, and he's a garden gnome that knows how to teach defense. There you go. See, I knew it. He's magic. That's the only thing that makes sense. We <laughs> solved it. <laughs> so the Bruins are good, allegedly. Yes. Very good. Why, yeah. Can you just yes. kind of sum up for me how the season's been going over the course of 16 games? Um, it's been largely buoyed by the fact that they have one of the best lines in hockey and fantastic goaltending. Mm. last year they're going through a lot of the problems they had last year um a lot of players are injured i'm trying to pull up the uh, list right now because it's getting longer with it with each passing game mm. they're getting they're pulling players up over and over again uh they still have a lot of trouble with the secondary scoring and their yeah their list is now up to about eight names which is yeah i'm pulling it up too that is a lot <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, what would consider we would we consider their third pairing is basically gone, and mm. and they just lost their second line left wing. What's made it better is that unlike last year, where there was a bit of a goalie controversy because Rask didn't start very good, uh, Tuka Rask has been playing up to his contract. He's been playing absolute absolutely lights out, um, and you know you gotta. <laughs> When you have a player like David Pasternak who can score 15 goals in 15 games and is leading the team in scoring in any in every category and is just lights out, and you have guys like Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and Tori Krug really helping bolster that offense, you can really make up for almost any deficiency that you have. Now, I'm not sure that's totally sustainable, mm -hmm. but as players eventually come back from injured reserve, I think that this will uh, continue to be as uh, strong a team as it's been. All right, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that sustainability thing, because I was looking at the underlying numbers on the, mm. for the Bruins, and I've kind of, I was surprised actually to find that they're not as strong as I expected them to be. Like, for instance, um, sub 50 and expected goals for percentage. Mm -hmm. And with a, a team that's like, pretty regularly dunking on every team. I kind of expected that their underlying numbers would be strong too. Um, that coupled with the fact that once you get past that first line, which is admittedly outstanding, um, 
there's not a whole lot there, right? So do you worry that this, the fact that it is so buoyed by this top line, as you said, do you worry that there is a bit of unsustainability with this level of success? Um, I think that it's tenuous, but given that uh, Bruce Cassidy tends to know how to bring the best out of his players and coaches a strong system, that this may just be early, the October being fine, and now they're getting into, uh, you no longer have that early season high sort of deal, and they're just dealing with adversity for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think what what would best describe, what help them is lineup stability, which for the past couple of seasons has been a worrying trend because of just how many injuries that they've been dealing with. Um, on and off, like for example, they had a defenseman as fourth line right wing last year. Really, and Steve oh, wow. Camp, Stephen Camp was playing. Uh, he did not actually play, so they were basically putting themselves in a hole by having eleven forwards. But it, it's it's one of those things where stability can do a lot for a team, and mm-hmm. especially when you have guys like David Krejci who are usually circling through uh, line mates over and over and over again. David Krejci's a good player, but the sheer difference in styles between guys like Carson Kuhlman and Danton Heinen and Peter Solarek last game and Jake DeBrusque means that you're always kind of having to readjust what your game plan is on the fly, um, which can be a bit of a problem, especially if you're banged up. Mm-hmm. So I think that... Players come back. Um, they have players that are, uh, I wouldn't say, super great analytically to begin with. Once they start being, once they start having to not over overplay certain players due to uh, the way that the that uh, the lineup has just shaken out, I think that the the fancy stats will come. Mm-hmm. The, uh, things will be better as time goes on. At least in my. So I'm looking at your defense. Um, and I'm sure I, you must be confused. <laughs> well, I'm kind of just like, I'm curious about the fact, just looking at, I'm looking at ice time um, mm-hmm. on hockey viz. And obviously Charlie McAvoy right up there at the top, as he should be. Yep. Um, Tori Krug right there. But then right after that, not far behind is um, Zidane Chara, who, yeah. is, who is an elderly man. A large man. <laughs> um, but I was kind of surprised to see that he's still being leaned on so heavily. Is is he being leaned on heavily, or is that like penalty kill time, or is he legit your third defenseman? Um, you could argue that they still concede, consider him, if not the first defenseman, then at least the, the number two. Oh. Um, the thing is, is that Chara does something that uh, the team the team really needs quite desperately is that throughout the lineup right now, they have a lot of very offense forward players. If you looked at their evolving hockey charts, mm-hmm. you see a lot of players that have very high offensive stats, but pretty middling to low defensive stats. And that, and as much as Chara has gotten slower, as much as, you know, you're seeing players blow past him way more than you used to. Uh, he's still, unfortunately, if you're one of those people that believes that you need to, eventually start rotating older players out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. He still does something super important to the success of this team. 
And that can, and yeah, it's it's a little odd that a player that old has has been doing this for this long is still that well leaned on. It's not just penalty killing. It's, um, I think Bruce and the coaching staff just really trust this guy, and they the team really does look to him for not just defensive defensive acumen, but to just calm things down and to control the game game in the way that he does even if uh his even if his talent level isn't exactly where it used to be so the last thing i want to ask you about kind of generally about the bruins is you mentioned the fact that tuka rask is giving you guys great goaltending so far this season and i would say that arguably um the way that he played in the playoffs last season was a pretty big reason why the bruins ended up doing as well as they did. Um, oh, he was like outstanding. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you worry a, that he's going to fall off? And do you worry that if he does fall off at all, like if he just starts giving you league average goaltending rather than outstanding goaltending, do you worry that that is going to really affect the performance of this team? Or is that something you're not super worried about? Uh, I'm not super worried about it because the dirty little secret about the Boston Bruins this year is that they're not playing uh, Yaroslav Halak and Zuccarask as if they were starters. They're basically treating them as uh, they're taking the starts and just slashing them in half. Oh, so you guys are full on tandem this season. It might as well be a tandem. Yeah. Um, they've been, while they've been leaning on Rask a little more, at least recently, the general split over the past over the past season gives the indication that they're going to try and both give Rask uh, as many starts as he he can to look good, do his thing and all that, but if uh they need to but if they need to give it to someone else, if they need to uh give Rask a little extra time off, uh Yaroslav Halak is right there and for the first time in what feels like his entire career, uh Halak looks like a starter caliber goaltender. Um, at least last year, he absolutely blew it out of the water. He was fantastic, and he was just as big a part of the reason that Tuka Rask was so good in the playoffs as uh, Tuka Rask was, because he was rested. He didn't have to take like 60-something mm-hmm. starts back in the day like he did about uh, maybe three or four years ago. Um, they can trust this tandem, and as a result, I think that he'll be fine. I'm more worried about team defense and who yeah. is going to be playing on the team by, oh, Tuesday. How <laughs> injuries have been going. <laughs> okay, so let's get a little... Let's turn to this game specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Bruins are going to be coming into this game against the Flyers off of a 4-2 loss to the Detroit Red Wings, which is interesting because they are abjectly terrible. What happened in that game? Um, they got into a 2-1 hole at the beginning of the first period, and they never dug themselves out of it. But it is a wor- it is a worrying trend from the past couple games of, you know, they've lost so many players, and they have to juggle the lineup all the, all the time. And now they've got this Franken lineup with a defenseman as fourth-line right wing mm-hmm. that's not playing. And a, big, a bigger issue, at least for the past three games, has been team defense and clearing the puck and taking control of the puck and keeping it has been a major problem. And that started back on Monday, which I hope that Bruce Cassidy has finally sat his players down and said, you know, 
the way that you're playing is just unacceptable given that the way you started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the major strengths of this team is that they can play really, really badly and then still come back and win as the other team in Pennsylvania found out on Monday. <laughs> so it, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that it's going to be more of the same because mm-hmm. that, that it's that that's their third loss in about a, in about as many games, which is not good for the team. Not great. No, it's not great at all. But I'm confident that the Bruins will finally have a have a roster balance that makes sense, mm-hmm. or anything else. Uh, Bruce Cassidy will just suck it up and play the players that he says he's going to play, instead of saying that someone is there and then never playing them basically playing shorthanded the entire game, which I think contributed a lot more to the way that they played than anything else, because not only did Camper not play, but uh, the infamous Zach Sinitian was on the team and he played less than uh, eight minutes. And John Corrali, who was, who was usually good for one really good big goal uh, in any game he plays, only played about eight. So I feel like shortening the bench is not a great idea when you're so understaffed. You might as well just go with it, go for it, and see what you can get. Yeah, the Flyers are a good are a good team in uh, some areas, and a lot, and there are also some areas I think the Bruins could really uh, could really attack them. So I hope that this is a good game, and I hope that they get back to their winning ways on this. No offense. No, that's fine. But I'm actually glad that you just said that. That was like a perfect segue into my next question because we are professionals and we know what we're doing here. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, if you were not a Bruins fan, if you were instead an employee of the Flyers charged with pre-scouting the Bruins to tell them how they can go about beating them, what is the weakness that can be exploited? What would you say that that is? Um, My first question is, how many minutes can Sean Couturier be on the ice with Patrice Bergeron for? Because they are that is going to be yeah. That's that's really it. Because <laughs> that that first line does so much damage, and then you have uh, a sneaky okay, but not a not a great um, third line that can really that can really overwhelm uh, play, third lines that aren't doing so hot. Which I admit I know almost nothing about the Flyers' depth right now, other than. The fourth line doesn't look super hot. Um, yeah. The and really, if you can just contain that first that first line and really, really try not to take any penalties and not get suckered into uh, your own head of okay, these are the Bruins. I got to play tough. I got to be like really up on these guys, and I can't let them let them get to me. Which is ironically the way they get to you uh, <laughs> is and. And God forbid you ever take a penalty, um, your penalty kill has to be immaculate. Yeah. You've got Tori Krug, who is one of the best passers on the power play I think I've ever seen. And then you have number 88 in black and gold, who will make your life miserable. The Bruins have been able to get points from him in, all, in, in the last couple of games, almost almost seconds the path an average power play for the Bruins either lasts the whole two minutes or it lasts about 15 seconds you want it to be the whole 20 the whole two minutes if at all yeah. possible. 
I mean, he's got 30 goals in 16 games. Or 30 points, sorry, in 16 games. That's that would be, 15. That would be amazing. I don't well, think I mean, be anything yeah. else but that. I mean, it's he's got 15 goals in 16 games, which is, you know, that's pretty crazy. amazing. It's absolutely crazy. But, it, you know, yeah, that's the kind of player he is. He's super good. Good. Mm-hmm. And the team is leaning on him to score. Um, even when he's not scoring, he's still getting points. Yeah. So have to contain him. Um, I know it might be very hard to do, but you have to ignore Brad Marchand. Um, and in general, just contain, contain, contain the really good parts of this team. And then you can just choke out the rest of it. Because if the team struggles, uh, Bruce Cassidy has a tendency to throw the lineup in a blender. Mm. And if you line up in a blender, then all of the chemistry gets kind of thrown off and they start to struggle, you will give up a goal. That, I feel, is important to note. Seems you can't, likely. It, you can't let that get to you. You mm-hmm. absolutely can't let that get to you because the Bruins will just make it an avalanche. Mm. And so you can contain, keep composure, and, con- and control the puck better than I think some of the games that at least I've seen that the Flyers have done, and that's no offense. No, um, no, it's fine. <laughs> There's been some struggles to start the season. Things are getting a little bit better, despite, as you yeah, said, yeah. depth-wise, we're struggling a little bit because of injury. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, just, yeah, there's some stuff there. Just, I got some good stuff. Yeah, just control, try to control the game as much as possible, okay. because if you give them, a, give them an inch, they will tear open a mile, and you really don't want to be down to them like that. Oh, because just, yeah. Uh, making it worse and worse. It's going to be a big test for Carter Hart. It's going to be hard mm-hmm. net tomorrow. So, oh, oh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the kid handles it because it's going to be a lot coming at him. I'm confident, but we'll see. He's a good player. He's, he's very happy to have him. He's, yeah, seems like he's pretty good. Which is a uh, it's like one of those weird things where like you don't want to jinx it by being too happy about it because it's a goaltender in Philadelphia. So yeah, you can't, kind of, can't look too. Can't look too hard at them, otherwise they morph into Brian Elliott, and that's not oh good. Listen, Brian Elliott does okay. If you if you play him as little as possible, Brian Elliott is an excellent goaltender. <laughs> so if he knows where the puck is, he's a good goaltender. Yeah, he's... I understand. That's a problem for him. Sometimes. He, he does his best. <laughs> um, okay, so we've been talking a lot about the outstanding front-end talent. On the Boston Bruins. Ooh. We talked a little bit about the sort of top end talent on the back end. Your top pair is pretty good. Um, give me somebody who Flyers fans may not know about, who might not be a big name, but who might make an impact in this game that we should keep an eye on. Um, one guy that I think, if you look over a daily face off, you may not recognize this player right away. It's number 43, Danton Heinen. Um, oh, he's Danton a made-up person, from what I yeah. understand. Not a real guy. Um, a lot of people really, uh, really would love to believe that this player is made up because <laughs> they because he does something really, really interesting. I think while playing, he's actually a stupid good defensive player. Uh, he's currently the second line right wing. He's he does a lot of really good little things. He's not a really good scorer. I think one of his major faults is that. He's not necessarily getting into the thick of things. The thick of things just happens around him. Mm. 
So he's not going to be one of those high danger shooter kind of players, but he's going to absolutely create opportunities. And on a line right now that has um, a player who has a lot of promise, at least in terms of stick handling and passing Peter Solarik and David Krejci, um, there's a lot of creativity on this line that has a, now has a lot of responsibility in Danton Heinen, who can back check like any, like the best of them and is probably the best third liner you've never heard of. Um, if you and I imagine that any offensive any offensive zone time for the uh, for the Flyers is going to become very difficult to handle because he's on the ice because he's just so good at not necessarily digging the puck out but just kind of jamming people off of it in a way that uh, that uh, gets possession back to the Bruins. And I think it really uh, has helped the team quite a bit, no matter where he is in the lineup. So keep an eye on number 43. All right. Number 43, alleged human being Danton Heinen. Well, you'll we find out. <laughs> Any flyers that you look forward to watching? Uh, Sean Couturier, he's absolutely amazing. God, he's so good. It's it's actually nice to hear a Bruins fan say that because you have the absolute best defensive forward in the game um, in Patrice Bergeron. So it's very nice to know that Sean Couturier is getting respect from someone who knows exactly what kind of player he is. My God, if there there I've often constructed galaxy brain level uh, trades that would get him as the second behind him and just wondering how many games it would take for them to lose could you imagine god uh, that would be something so it'd be so much fun um i i really enjoy watching sean couturier he's just everything about uh patrice bergeron that i love all the little things he does fantastically all the little all the uh opportunities that he can create out of almost nothing uh, it doesn't really matter what his line mates look like. He makes them better than they are. Mm-hmm. That's just the kind of thing that I really appreciate out of a player like that. Um, I also really lo- like Travis Sanheim, if only because I hear that he has an awful lot of trouble staying in the lineup, and I automatically uh, really uh, feel for players like that. And, so uh, you'll be happy to know, actually, that that was a problem under the old regime which is currently in Toronto, making them shoot a lot of perimeter shots. But and now he's he's actually a he, mainstay. He's man. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. And so he's I'm... struggling a bit this to start this season, but I would expect that he's going to come out of it at some point. All right. So you know what? I I, I really want to see what he looks like now that they nice. and that he doesn't necessarily have to be constantly wondering if he's on his way back to Lehigh Valley or where mm-hmm. HL. Uh, for the Flyers is right now. Um, and, of course, you know, the Claude Giroux of the world who just look absolutely ins- who play like crazy, the Travis Konechny's. Um I'm not super excited to see JVR again, but I'm sure <laughs> the Boston Bruins can stop him from redirecting shots on Rask again. Yeah, probably. At this point, with the way things have been going um, with our bottom six, I think that you'll be all right. Okay, good. Um, Okay, so that's all that I have question-wise. The final thing that I will ask you to do is to give me a shot-in-the-dark prediction for what you think the final score of this game is going to be. I'm going to go out on a limb, and just looking at the way things have gone for the Flyers in the past couple of weeks, I think that they are going to either score the first goal, and then Boston is going to score the next three, 
or Boston's going to score the first three, and then the Flyers are going to score the next two. I think it's going to be close. I think it's honestly, this could be a 4 3 game. I, I really feel like this is yeah. an interesting time for the Bruins right now. It's a very interesting uh, struggle that they've been through. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I actually, I'm, it's going to sound like a cop out, but 4 3 was going to be my prediction too. Fly, I was going to say 4 3 Flyers, of course, because, you know, I'm doing a thing yeah. here, but. You have a reason. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be, I don't see this being a particularly low scoring affair. Like, I can't imagine this would be like a 2-1 game. So, 4-3 seems like a fair bet. I'll go 4-3 Flyers. You go 4-3 Bruins. And we'll see where we end up. We'll see. Yeah. So, thank you again, Skylar, very much for hanging oh. out with us. This was awesome. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, you can find Skylar over at Stanley Cup of Chowder, which is the Boston Bruins blog on the SB Nation Network. Head over there to learn a little bit about the team. Games at 7 p.m. Sunday night. Nice little way to end the weekend with some fun time hockey. So hopefully it'll be a good game, but I think it will be. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime the two older teams play off with the South history, it's It's always a good time. Yeah, it's good. All right, Skylar, thank you again. This was fun. Everybody enjoy the game. Go Flyers. Go Bruins.